Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99%. My name is Jesse Vondercheck, head coach at Top Step Training, and I'm here with Marilyn. Hey, guys, Marilyn Chicota with MCC Coaching. You can find everything on me and my site, mcc.coach. Happy to be here with you today, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, I am too. And I was just thinking, maybe we should start plugging the fact that we actually have a 99% Instagram handle. So if people are interested, you can check us out there and we'll, we'll post when the episodes drop on our Instagram. So if you want to know ahead of time, or you should just subscribe on whatever you're listening to so that you'll get notifications. But either way, we'll put some fun pictures there of like, you know, Marilyn making a funny face or something. So you can kind of know when we're dropping episodes. I try and actually take more photos. God, I'm so <laughs> bad at that. <laughs> right. Right. I was looking back at my, my photos, my trip and I'm like, oh, I've got seven. Yeah, I was there for two weeks. I've got seven photos. That would be six more than me if I was on the trip. Trust me, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I think two were completely blank where I tried to take a picture of something and missed as well. So I got that. Um, so yeah, I just got done with a little racing block and have been totally floundering and doing basically nothing for the last almost three weeks now. Um which well, can, though, dude, I mean, two Ironmans and a half Ironman, you, you went for it. That's pretty awesome. It was, it was a lot of racing. Um, and at my advanced age, it was definitely a little harder on my body than, than I anticipated. Um, like that plus travel, it turns out like my hips don't do super well sitting down for nine hours straight. Um, so yeah. Don't get old if you can avoid it. Um, but the, I think that, probably even if you were 20, that would be hard. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, um, the segue I'm going for here, though, is that I'm in the middle of a little bit of a rest block between what, like kind of a big spring into summer bit of racing and then gearing up for I'm going to do an Ironman in the fall, um, which will actually be the first time in a long time I've done four Ironmans in a year, which is kind of crazy since again, I, I am old now and I don't know why I'm doing four Ironmans in one year at this point, but I am. So I got one more coming up in the fall. Um, I say you're old when you hit like 78, then you can say you're old. <laughs> all right. Well, it's just, you know, like I got, I got the grays popping and, um, and, you know, feel, feeling a little old when, when I'm racing against guys that are like half my age, literally, that, that makes me feel a little bit old. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I went for a swim with this kid when I was over there and, and he was like trying to go faster than me in the race. And I'm literally twice as old as he is. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a thing that's happening now. But dude, while you were in Roth, did you swim in that pool? That's all metal. Um, it was a, it's know, a 50, 50 meter outdoor pool and it's all the whole thing, the walls, the floor, everything <laughs> all metal. You can, it's pretty cool. I, I actually didn't swim in that pool. I was really taking advantage of being able to swim in open water the whole time I was in Europe. Yeah. So I only swam in one pool when I was there. Uh, it was in Austria and it was metal. So yeah. I did experience that it wasn't, it wasn't 50 meter. It was just 25 meter, but I think it did swim in a metal pool. And one more sidetrack. How cool is it in all this time that the one homestay you get over there is a homestay <laughs> I had. How many years ago was it? Was oh, like, man. I think that photo was like 12 years ago or maybe more. It was forever ago. You're yeah. like, look, your photo's here at the homestay I'm staying at. I'm like, what are the freaking chances? That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, it wasn't actually my homestay, but my homestay had like a little party and all, like, I guess the neighborhood is 
okay a few people that all like do homestays and are all psyched on it and so one of the people that came over uh was your homestay and we're all chatting and um and but she actually took amy around on bikes to watch the race because she was like wanting to ride her bike everywhere and and so they hooked amy up with a bike and and your homestay and amy rode around to the course all day and it was yeah she had a blast and had nothing but fond stories to tell about you and uh yeah that was it was it was pretty cool that's cool. Small world. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Roth is a small town, which is kind of what. <laughs> well, and the thing I remember about her homestay was she had the most awesome bread slicer. Anyway, <laughs> it was like the best bread slicer in the world. I was like, I love this lady. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, we'll stand here for just one second, just because she was pretty funny. We were talking about who she hosted. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I only host people that are going to be in the top 10. Yeah. <laughs> So like, I, I, I almost made it, but I definitely am not invited there next year. I've got to find a different homestay because you have to be in the top 10. Or One else. place out. Yeah. You, you cannot stay there. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So, so my goal is to earn a place in your homestay at some point in life. Um, so yeah. Um, a well-earned mid-season lull, but still in the middle of a, a mid-season lull and so that is uh, what I was hoping we could chat about today is uh, what sh- people should be doing right now, middle of summer, when they probably had a pretty big spring because racing has not just come back, but it has come back like over the top. Like, so many races, there's PTO races with amateur fields and there's all these kind of crazy adventure races coming up and, and, you know, worlds in the spring, worlds in the fall. So yeah, people are kind of in the middle of a big season of racing. And yeah, I guess I want to spend a little time talking about what are good things they can be focusing on right now to actually race their best in the fall when they probably have some more A-type races coming up, even if they're doing some little summer races right now. Yeah, dude, it's such a good topic. And it's funny that you wanted to talk about this today because it's something that's been rolling around in my mind the last two weeks with, um, you know, with like 20 years of coaching, the one thing that I've noticed, you know, you like, you notice patterns and trends, you might have different groups of people in different years and different dynamics, but there's always these patterns and trends that happen year after year after year. And you keep an eye on them. The longer you're at this, the more experience you get with that. And the one is, is this time of year in particular is people start to, like I said earlier, I call it like, you know, the bag of popcorn, just like, And what I mean by that is they either start to lose focus, they start to make maybe some bad decisions for themselves where they get careless and they get injured, like random crashes happening or tripping on trails or, you know, I was doing some yard work and I hurt myself. So people get kind of careless and and a little bit, um, I don't know if we just get a little bit like we've been in the season for a while, we're grooving along and we sort of, my old coach used to say, kind of take the eyes off the fries kind of thing. And this is when a lot of shit happens. People either get sick or they get injured or they lose focus or they lose motivation or they start to question their goals or their long-term outcome um, on things. And so I think it's a really, really great topic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I actually first started noticing this with the runners I've been running with for the last decade where everyone would kind of like hit this lull in the summer and, and get really down and everyone kind of feel like they're moving backwards. And then, I mean, this is maybe slightly more specific to places warm as Tucson, but then the fall hits and, you know, it gets 10 degrees cooler in the morning and all of a sudden everyone's running gets a lot better. And 
everyone's like, oh, I'm like, I'm coming back. And it's like, well, really, you're probably the same. It was just like hot and you were tired and you've been running for a long time this year. And it's not necessarily that like you were running any worse. Um, and, and to that point on like the eyes on the fries thing, I always feel like group rides are the most sketchy this time of year because of exactly what you're saying. Like you've been riding with the same group all season, you feel comfortable, maybe you feel a little too comfortable. And then especially like in Tucson, the group rides get a little bit smaller and you know all the faces. So you're a little, little bit more chatty, a little bit less eyes on the road. And then like, this is when people go down, not, well, sometimes people, you know, there's like the January thing when pe people are coming off the trainers, but you know, in the spring, when the groups are big and I'm just riding really hard, there, there aren't really as many crashes, but now people are like, Oh, I'm comfortable. Like I, I can, I can relax a little bit and like, you know, you can't, you got to remember that <laughs> this is your body on the line here. So. Yeah, I think it's two things. I think people get complacent this time of year a little bit, but I also think people get just a little bit tired this time of year. And then honestly, they, they overthink it just a little bit too much, like you're saying. And, and whether they're a little bit tired because they need, like you said, the mid-season break, or they've been racing a lot and training a lot already, or, um, and, and they kind of panic. They like change, they completely change all of their goals or they, you know, there's, and, and that's like, that's one side of it. Like people who get tired and then they, um, and complacent and they change everything because they think that that's the answer when really they just needed to just like chill out for like three weeks or five weeks and sort of like change things up a little, a tiny little bit, or just relax a little bit. Um, or you get the, the people that like, they get into that, that place and it's uncomfortable for them. And then they make maybe some um, bad decisions and they end up injured, right? Or, or it's like a careless injury because they weren't paying attention. I've certainly done that myself where all of a sudden I crossed wheels and I didn't mean to, or, or it's just like, Hey, I'm the fatigue's a little bit higher and I need to just relax for a few weeks. That's where a coach comes in handy where he can say, actually, right now I need you to just kind of hold back a little bit, uh, at this point in the season, because someone who maybe isn't, confident in that or is unfamiliar with that feeling and it's uncomfortable for them they might push a little harder trying to fight back against it and then end up you know with a little bit of an overuse injury sort of mid-season because they're like what's this this is uncomfortable for me why do I feel this way I need to keep pushing I'll push a little harder and and instead of just like having the confidence to say hey for this maybe three to five weeks at this point in the season if I'm working towards something later I've already got all this load I'm just gonna reduce things a little bit, whether that be the intensity within the weeks or um, they change the training stimulus just a little bit or their volume comes a little bit down. And it certainly can be related to, you know, like you talked about, you know, weather, it can be just the accumulation through the year, number of races you've done already, how long your season is, all of these things are really important to take into into factor. And I think from the motivation standpoint of view, this is a really good time to do that. Like we do early season, we write down all our goals and we write down like our long-term vision of how we're going to get there. Right. Like we might, and it seems so exciting and clear in January. And at this point in the year, all of a sudden it's um, you're like, Oh, a little bit further away from that and feeling these things. And so it's a really good time to go through that list again and just reconnect with it and say, yeah, like this was always the big picture. This is the long-term plan. And this was our approach. And I, you know, need to just like remember that and get reconnected with it. Yeah, totally. I think those are, those are two really big, important topics is like that, that mental side of, of really staying focused 
And so I, I do, I, I, I think the training is a bigger topic, but let's come back to that in a little bit. So do you have anything like specific you do with your athletes right now to help kind of recenter them and get them kind of mentally, mentally ready? Or do you think like, do you use the training to kind of keep them in check or yeah. How do you, how do you help people stay Actually, mentally prepared? Yeah, it's actually kind of the opposite this time of year. If people are feeling a little like, if it's like cagey or tired or whatever it is in this period of time of year, what I've learned works the best is to give them a little bit more freedom. And so if they're like, oh, I'm a little bit more tired, I'm going to take a day off. I'm like, okay, no problem. Like, I'm not going to press them and say, no, you need to stick to the schedule because now's not the time. We've been sticking to a really regimented schedule for an extended period of time. We've seen some really good results. We know we're going to have to lock down and do that again for the later season results. So right now, actually allowing a little bit of flexibility and like, go have a little bit of fun. Oh, I need to miss this session. I need to move things around. Oh, I'd like to go do something, you know, just a little bit different. So instead of pressing for more focus right now, I actually allow that freedom for a little bit of wiggle room. Now, obviously, if you notice one of your athletes is getting a little too far away, you're going to use strategies to bring them back in and reconnect them to what's important to them and what their long-term vision is, not just this year, like next year, five years from now, within their whole goals of their life and their sport and, and bringing maybe some maybe some like things to rejuvenate their, their thinking a little bit, or some things that are completely different than what we've been focused on all year. Like, Hey, what can we do right now? But so allowing, allowing a little bit of freedom and a little bit of wiggle room and bringing in some other things for them to focus on that are just small, that are based on improvement. I think that's a really good strategy for them to sort of have that moment to refresh and then get back into like, okay, now it's go time again. And you really do need to like bunker down and, and get focused again. And usually by the time you're feeling that as a coach or seeing that as a coach, they're, they're feeling that themselves are like, oh, I feel ready to get like locked into some structure and some accountability and some, um, you know, and I'm not saying that we take away the structure and accountability. We just allow for more wiggle room for a little bit, just so that that you know, reset and refresh. And even if there's just a bit of passion that needs to come back in as is able to, you can spark little ideas, you know, like, Hey, like take a look at this running technique and study it for a little bit, or, um, Hey, we've got this side of like the health side of things. Let's, let's just investigate here a little bit for a couple of weeks and just sort of, you know, change their mind on some things for, for that period of time and have them thinking about their health, their technique, all the things that are going to keep them safe and not get distracted and complacent and, you know, let's work on some skills right now. It'd be fun for them, but not, and, and it'll sharpen that stuff and not feel uh, tiring to them. So those are some uh, strategies and tactics that I found worked over the years. Awesome. Yeah. To go with like the, uh, the jar of mental marbles analogy, I feel like a lot of people that are kind of doubling down right now are pulling those marbles out of the jar and using that mental energy right now when they're, you know, 12 weeks out from a race and, you want to see it. You want to, you want to even be like adding marbles back in that jar, right? You want to be saving some mental energy so that when it comes time, you are ready. And you, you're like, you're saying like the athletes getting a little bit itchy almost to, you know, get back in the aero bars or whatever it is. And then that's when it's time to say, Hey, let's, let's start digging now and not, not kind of waste that, that energy and focus when you're so far out, it might not have the, the right effect um, on, on that athlete's training. Yeah. And yeah, just to kind of add to that one, one thing I like to do is kind of like 
have athletes think about the training as a cap and not like a minimum. And I think that's a really, that's a really big mindset switch for most triathletes, you know, cause I feel like if you give a two hour ride, then your typical triathlete will ride for two hours and three minutes. They will not ride for an hour 58. You know, they will do loops around their neighborhood to get two hours and three minutes as opposed to an hour 58. And I really try to encourage my athletes, like, you know, especially right now to say, Hey, like now is the time to throw that workout out. Like you're talking about, or, you know, say I give you like a max, a three hour ride and you ride for two hours and 15 minutes. Like that is okay. Like that might not be okay in three weeks, but right now I I'm going to like change the time setting to make that green. Cause that's what I want. Um, yeah. you know, as opposed to, yeah, riding for three hours and five minutes and putting in the comments that they were like slayed the last 45 minutes and just were getting it done. It's like, well, that's not, that's not what I want you to do right now. I don't want you digging that hard. I want you kind of ticking it over, ticking the boxes. And yeah, maybe there are some things we can work on. Like, um, like you're talking about like technique in the run, or I think now is a great time. Um, you're talking about skills on the bike. I also think like, if you haven't had a bike fit in a while and it's the, the middle of the season, you're like, Hey, I'm feeling like a little bit like now might be the time to check in on that bike fit. Like maybe it's not a full on fit. Maybe you did that in January, but maybe you do, you know, like a 45 minute check-in with your fitter or whoever it is, or even if it's just like emailing your coach some videos of you on the bike and saying, Hey, like, are there some things we can kind of tweak on this? Um, yeah, kind of working on those skills, those technical things, like what, what helmet are you using? What aero bottle are you using? Can you actually access that straw? Was that annoying all year and you haven't done anything about it? Like now is the time to maybe like say, Hey, like let's, while I have a little bit of extra time, let's dig into some of those like details that I've been ignoring all year. Like, Oh, I can't actually reach my straw, but I cut it. So I'm just dealing with it. And well, maybe it's time to like buy a new straw and like figure out the appropriate length. And I mean, Marilyn's laughing, but these are all things like I forget to do during the season. So I'm like using There's myself mold as, in it. You should get a new straw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no, exactly. Like, Oh, I mean, that's not the right <laughs> color anymore. Last four races. I should probably get a new one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things like that, where it's like, well, you know, you'll pay like $8,000 for a new bike, but like you're hemming and hawing over this like $30 bottle. Well, maybe it's time to like re-up that bottle and like, you know, so you don't get sick later on because you're drinking out of a moldy bottle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, from the physical standpoint at this point, you know, it is when you're a little bit, um, you know, the, the load's been there for races and even maybe like your, yourself travel, um, and training, training load through the year. So tendons, ligaments, overall fatigue, um, that kind of stuff. It, it could be, you know, even just like you say, travel stress, immune system stress. If you've been doing Ironmans with international travel, those two are really hard on the immune system. So you're at this point really susceptible. And the, when you're really fit at this time of the year, the hardest thing to do is let go of that a little bit. And the paces, like you say, and, and that for, um, for a little block, seeing it go backwards, but it's important to know, Hey, I need to, I need to, like you say, put those, put that energy back into just to think of it as a, a re a reboot period where your body is allowed to come back. You know, you build the immune system back up a little bit, maybe allow for one or two pounds to be put back on, uh, have a little bit of flexibility in your nutrition, focus on more sleep, all of these things. And just as far as the total load in the body, you might 
it's kind of like you want to hit the pause button before you get injured. Right. And it's when, because it's always when we're really, really fit that we want to keep pushing because it feels good. Right. And you're like, kind of like, and you really want to like, uh, if I've done this much training and I went this fast and especially if you've had really great races or you're just sort of on the cusp of having a great race, you're like, I've done all of this. I'm right on the cusp. I'm really fit. I've been racing great. If I keep it rolling or I add just a little more, I'm going to go, that's going to be, what's going to make me have this like amazing performance later in the year and even better. And the, the reality is, is actually, yes, but there needs to be just this moment where you pause rebuild all that back up, let all the inflammation, swelling, connective tissue, immune system, sleep, hormones, all that sort of rebuild itself for, and it doesn't need to be very long. I mean, as a really well-conditioned athlete, like you're saying two weeks, three weeks, something like that, depending on what your years look like. And then a couple weeks, uh, easy. And then you get back into your race block because the reality is, is your race block into the later season because of what you've done all year doesn't need to be, it needs to look different anyways, right? It's not as there might be more rest in it, uh, might be shorter leading into the race. It might have more intensity, but less volume, vice versa, depending on what your training's been. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of different ways, depending on the athlete and what the training load has looked like and, and racing load and stuff. But it's going to change. You know, it's you're already you're carrying so much into the later part of the year versus you're carrying a lot of fitness in the later part of the year. You're carrying a lot of fatigue later in the year. And it's sort of like that reset button at this time of year. And and not getting, you know, making sure that you hit that button before you get injured, before, you know, before shit starts to hit the fan and then you're forced to do it. And now right. it's too close to your races. And now you really kind of screwed it up because it's like, well, now you're meant to actually be focused again and working really hard again, but you pushed it when you shouldn't have been. And now you're hurt or you're sick or you're burnt out or you can't, or you're just too tired to hit the mark. And so now we're in that danger zone. It's like, now it's getting close to your race and you're, and you're scrambling a little bit. So, so that's, I mean, if you're looking backwards and breaking up the season, those are really important, important things to either take an outside view yourself on the calendar or have a, a good coach that can help you see that from the outside and trust them. You know, trust them with it. Yeah. That can be really hard when you're kind of in the trenches, like you're talking about, like, you know, your mindset's going to be like bigger, faster, harder, more. And I mean, that's, I feel that way as well. I, I get it, but yeah, you've got to take a step back and look at the season and say, I need to be going bigger, faster, stronger, more at the right time. And that timing piece is what I see athletes like get wrong the most when they're self-coached is they might be really fit, but they might be really fit, you know, five or six weeks out from the race. And then like you're saying, like all of a sudden something happens and now they're not fit at when they have to race. And, and then they get that disconnect between, um, you know, what they're actually capable of and what they end up doing because they, they messed up that timing. They did a little too much at the wrong time, got a little bit injured or dealing with something that they, and then kind of just limping their way to the start line as opposed to, yeah, just slowing down a little bit right now, focusing on, you know, some technique in the pool, getting, you know, looking at some video, focusing on, you know, some shorter stuff on the run, just backing off a little bit and what you need to do. And it doesn't have to be much, you know, it can be like, I'm doing like three weeks of a lot of nothing. If you did a lot of racing, or it could just be, you know, 10% is, is actually a lot, a lot of training load um, to take off 10, 15, 20% backing off for a few weeks can give you a lot of refresh where you can still do some pretty good training, but you're just getting a little bit extra sleep and yeah, just able to rejuvenate a little bit so you can come back stronger and get that timing right for when you're going 
bigger, faster, harder, more. Yeah. And it might even be if like, if you're the type of athlete that doesn't have a lot of time in their schedule for like, say a, a lot of volume and you kind of roll a very like repeatable, consistent, um, you know, week, or, you know, that's not something that you're looking at. I need to back off from like, say you're, you know, training 12 hours a week and you're not going to back down to like three or five hours or something like that. It's just like too, too far away from the goals. The other thing that you can do is just change the training stimuli within that actual hours that you have to work with. So you might be like, okay, I still want to actually, you know, let's say you consistently roll 12 hours and you, it might only be 10, but you can, and, and in a race block, you're focused on very race specific type stuff or, you know, raising your threshold, or maybe it's something that you're needing, you know, it's quite a bit more intensity, that kind of thing. It might still work within that same hours, but you change the actual training stimuli of what it is. It might be a little bit more, you know, strength type stuff or nervous system type stuff, or just a, a little bit more aerobic work for a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks and just sort of hit that reset button within what you have. And that can be true also for, um, higher volume athletes as well, that just, you know, don't respond well to deloading a lot. They need that volume all of the time to stay fit. Maybe if they're a little older and they lose fitness really fast and you don't want to get too far away from that, but, just changing the training stimuli within what you're doing can, can hit that reset button for the actual body. You know, the mind is a whole different thing, but for, as far as like tendon ligaments, immune system, hormones, all that kind of stuff, it can definitely do that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think I don't love TSS as a metric, but if you're going to use it in this case, you can definitely say, Hey, I'm going to bring the TSS down and maybe the hours are going to stay the same, but you know, and, and that can definitely help people that are struggling to keep that 12 hours of time blocked out a week, right? Maybe they're like scared if they stop doing that, those hours, hours will disappear. And that's easy to have happen if you're getting pulled a lot of directions. So you say, hey, I need to keep these 12 hours for training, but you can back off that intensity, use some kind of different smaller injections of intensity to stay, you know, um, stay fast. But your total TSS, um, for lack of a better metric is going to drop down a bit. And, and that's what you want to see, right? You want to see that load coming down in some capacity so that you are rebuilding in some way. And, and yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think a, uh, another uh, helpful tool for people, if you use training peaks or any kind of training calendar, the start of the season, you look at your early season races and you might work back, you know, four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, 20 weeks. And, you know, early season, you're building such an enormous base to go into the season. You might be working from 20 weeks backwards into your early season. And so knowing those exact weeks and how you're going to roll the blocks and build them and when your recovery is going to be is really important. But then again, doing that later, later in the season where you say, okay, my, my, um, next time I want to be in really good form is in November, take the time again to go to that, that event and work back backwards from it, you know, four weeks out, eight weeks out, 12 weeks out. And your build this time might only need to be eight weeks or 12 weeks, depending on what you've done all year. And so the, the, like I said, the difference of how much time you need. Now that's going to be unique to each athlete and how they respond to fitness and training, what their builds need to look like and how long they need to be. But having that awareness of the actual weeks is really helpful. I, I do that in pretty much every one of my athletes training peaks is we have a clear visual of how many weeks are out. We are from a races 
and when we need to be at our best performance. And that can do two things. It can relieve some anxiety in that period of time where people think they need to be pushing harder. And it can also reboot that fire like, oh, crap, I'm only eight weeks out. I better, you know, we better get back on it and I better get out, you know, get my, my ducks sorted and, and get myself back on a really good schedule here. So that's a, a tactic and strategy I find really useful as well. Yeah, nothing like seeing the weeks left to ensue a little bit of panic. <laughs> panic training. One of my favorite things. <laughs> um, and yeah, just to use myself as an example is that I was kind of looking back as I'm getting ready for Ironman Arizona at some of my training blocks leading into Arizona in the past. And like when I've raced well there, I've done three weeks hard. It'd be like two weeks moderate, three weeks hard, and then two weeks kind of like cutting back a little bit. And for what I do compared to what I do in the spring, like that's like cut in half. Um, and so it's just something to think about, like you're saying, is that like you, you probably don't need that much um, compared to what you did in the spring, if you're already carrying a lot of fitness. So I would say, you know, be really careful with how long you're going to start loading, which is why we're telling you to like, chill out now and don't start trying to load this far out and, and looking at how much time you need. And like, that's only seven weeks of, of lead time up into a race. And like, normally if I see seven weeks in the spring, that would 100% ensue panic training. Like I would go absolutely ballistic because I would be totally, totally scared. But again, that's how I've gone the fastest is off of seven weeks. And again, it was like two weeks moderate, three weeks, pretty hard, two weeks moderate. So it wasn't even like, it wasn't seven weeks crazy. It was only three weeks in there that were pretty big. Um, so just, you know, I guess sample size of one here, giving you what has worked for me historically. Um, yeah. And that's coming from an athlete who's been at sport since you were, um, you know, you've been doing endurance sport basically since you were a kid and you've been a triathlete training at a really high level of, let's say on average between 20 and 30 hours a week for a very long time. So the, the period of time that it takes you to come into peak fitness is going to be different than another athlete. So just to give people some context of, of like putting what you say with the three weeks, why you come into form so quickly, those kinds of things is your response to a three week training block is going to be different than maybe someone who doesn't have the years of depth or the number of hours consistently within their weeks and those types of things. So these are all things that are really important to take into account when you're looking at this stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that, Marilyn. <laughs> Yeah. So I think the other thing that is like the, the really most common thing I see at this time of year is people getting almost a little bit down and away from their original goals. And I know I touched on this a little bit earlier when we were talking, but that is that time in this time where you reset and your body is decompressing and you know, you're doing all these good things to be better later in the season is reconnecting with the long-term goals. And I don't even mean, you know, later season, I'm talking about like, what's your two-year plan? What's your five-year plan? What's your big picture plan? And so even if you've come into a little bit of injury or illness at this point in the season, and it's like, find that you've got almost a force break or it's the perfect time for it. It's like, well, if I was going to get injured, I was going to get sick. Now's the time. Cause I got to let it heal anyways. And then I can get back to it really well. It's maybe a, like a governor that was given to you for free. So it's like, but it's a really good time to, to, to do that exercise again, that we do at the start of the year where you reconnect 
not so much with the short-term goals because those are already weighing on you and you already know what they are. And you've done a good reflection of the races you've done so far. So you know the exact immediate things that you want to improve on in this next block for your next races. But the long-term goals and really understanding like, what do I want a year from now? What do I want two years from now? What do I want in the five-year plan? And what's the big picture plan as far as your whole you know, training, racing, competitive, maybe even just health in general, you know, what does that look like? And becoming grounded with that sometimes can take away some of the nervousness at this time of year or some of the burnout at this time where you're like, oh yeah, right. I'm not going to just give up because I hear this a lot of time. Ah, I'm done. Like I just, I need the rest of the year. I'm going to go be a football player or something. And it's like, well, okay. May, maybe not though. Like maybe you still really like being an endurance athlete and you should reconnect with why you like doing that and, and really what it is, why you started this and, you know, what your, what your plan is, what you're hoping for in the next couple of years and the next five years and, and your whole, your whole journey for taking this up in the first place. And I do think it is important to really deep dive into what did work in the spring and why it worked. And then maybe what didn't work and what you can change. I see a lot of like, kind of like knee jerk um, diagnoses of the race and say, Oh, I need to like swim faster or I messed up on my pacing or something like that. But I think there's also like another layer of depth as far as, you know, how you gain the fitness you had on race day, how that was displayed compared to what, how you thought it was going to be displayed. And then kind of taking a step back and saying like, okay, what do I need to change and how can I change that? And, and I guess this is more like if you're self-coached, but if you have a coach, these are kind of conversations you can be having and saying like, Hey, like, you know, this is how we got here. How are we going to get to the, the next spot? And, and think of really, you know, think about those things you can change or look at those things you did really well and like, make sure you don't randomly change them because you are in this period of, um, of popcorn and trying to like change things. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really good time to do a deep dive not only looking forward, but also looking backward, like you're talking about and, and really looking at what worked and thinking about the why, and that can be a really good blueprint for how you move forward. Yeah. And sticking to the, sticking to the plan. Right. I mean, I actually just really listened to a really great little interview um, with an athlete earlier today. And it was about how her plan always was to, swim and she was a short course racer, swim and ride really hard and then hold off the runners as long as she could. And this was like a long-term goal. And at first it like, didn't hold off the runners very long. And then maybe it was like for a minute and then three minutes. And then eventually it got to a point where this person was like winning ITU races with that strategy. And it just stuck to the strategy, even though maybe early on it appeared to be failing, but in, in the early stages, but it was like, this is our strategy and we're sticking to it. And we know that, you know, two years from now, five years from now, this is going to win me races because this is my strength. And so having that confidence to stick to your original plan. And so as you look backwards and you look forward you, to remember, Hey, what, what was our strategy that we know works for us and that we're actually heading towards. And that it's like, it might not be there yet, but it is the plan that we know is best and it's going to get there and having confidence in that. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, <clears throat> the unfortunate thing or the fortunate thing about endurance sports is it does take a lot of time, right? And you're, you know, you're not going to see those, those results. And after a few weeks of training, so yeah, keeping like you were talking about keeping in mind that long-term vision and, and maybe if something isn't totally successful now, it, it still can be. Um, and, and just like, that was, that was something really hard for me to do in my past racing block where I did like, 
a half Ironman in the middle of my Ironmans. And like, lo and behold, it didn't go super well. I wasn't super fast for a half Ironman off of Ironman training. And afterwards I was like really down, like, man, why did I go so crap? And it's like, well, that was like exactly the plan. So I'm, doesn't mean I'm not going to have a good race at my next race. It just means I'm following the plan. And this is what was supposed to happen, even if it doesn't feel great in the moment. And I think that's kind of a good analogy for this time. Like it might not feel great to take that step back right now. It doesn't necessarily feel great to, uh, to gain a few pounds and be a little more jiggly when you're running, but it might be the right thing to do right now so that you can be your fittest later on. Especially if you're heading to something like um, the world championships or Hawaii, you know, it's probably the number one thing there is, you know, everybody shows up there really fit and really, really ready to go. And it's also when they're the most susceptible to things going wrong. And so if you take the time now to, 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 basically give yourself that chance to have a protective layer of then building into a really strong block and then show up there at your fittest and strongest, but also not vulnerable at all. You're not like teetering on the edge or like, Hey, I'm fit my fittest and strongest, but I'm just one hair away from cracking. It's like you're your fittest and your strongest. And you've got, you know, you're really, you're really um, durable and, and ready to take on being in a world championship field with a lot of international people who have flown from all over the place and the competition is going to be hard and you're going to have to ask yourself to go harder than you normally do against the, the best competition you have. And so you, you want to show up there ready to be able to do that, you know, not on the brink of you know, injury, illness, burnout, a little bit too much, uh, any of those things. So, so that's, that's that long-term thinking that being able to see down the road and see all the way to October, see all the way to November, those kinds of things. Yeah. I feel like the standard triathlete commentary around Kona is everyone's like, Oh, you look lean. You look lean. You're looking good. You look lean. And I would much rather have someone tell my athletes, they look strong. They look strong. Like you look sturdy. You look good. And I feel like those are the athletes that are going to finish well, you know, all the athletes that have been pushing hard and focusing on, you know, focusing for a really long time, like you're talking about are are the ones that are going to crack and like, yeah, maybe, maybe they look really lean, but like, maybe that's, maybe they're a little too far over the edge. They've gone that 1% too far. And that's, um, you know, you see it every race, even where a good chunk of people at the front end up dropping. And it's because they're just a little too, too far overbaked. So yeah, like you're saying, it's going to take this time to, to make sure you're in a good place to start that training block and you're healthy and, and yeah, you can actually go well when it's time. Yeah. Cool stuff. And there's, um, you know, just one last, there's all kinds of strategies out there to even check that stuff. This might be the good time of year to, to check in with your doctor. If you get physicals, blood work, that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's all kinds of, like you talked about a bike fitter, you know, getting extra massage, getting extra sleep, all of those things. There's, you know, there's so many strategies on things to, to sort of hit that reset button, maybe go on a little holiday with your family or whatever, and take your mind off, off things for a bit. And then, and then when it's go time, then you can really you know, have the energy to go. So I think the overriding theme here is, is this time of year, if you're feeling a little um, one side or the other extreme, and you're not, you know, in the middle of the, in the middle of the herd right now, and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to keep pushing really hard, or ah, I want to give up triathlon altogether. If you're feeling those extreme feelings anywhere, bring yourself back to the dude, 
you know, look after yourself mentally and physically to bring yourself back to the middle of the herd. So you're in a really good spot to, to build forge and to finish out your season just as strong as it's been or stronger than it's been for the whole year. Yeah. Let's go with stronger. I like that better. <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, yeah, that was fun. Thank you for spending the time with me. And if, if people have any questions about what to do this time of year, they can always reach out to us and we can um, kind of point you in the right direction. Absolutely. Add some questions. You know, when we post on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, if you've got questions, comments, you, anything like that, you want to start a conversation, certainly feel free to, to add there. We always look at that stuff and we'll, we'll be happy to answer your questions or give you a little guidance. So um, yeah, good, to, good, to, good topic at this time of year. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, thank you.